The information and views expressed by our host or guests on the Unlock Potential podcast are their own, and not a substitute for professional medical or fitness advice. Always consult with qualified healthcare or fitness professionals before starting any new exercise program or making changes to your current routine. This episode of Unlock Potential contains visual demonstrations and instruction. If you are listening to the audio version of our podcast, consider also checking out the video at thebriandelaney.com. I started to notice that somebody who had back pain and fear and anxiety around deadlifts could do picking up a bag of dog food without any issue whatsoever. And so they learned how to pick up that bag of dog food in a way that felt good, but they learned the deadlift in a way that it hurt them. So I wanted to say, hey, if you've never been in a gym before, let's just make it simple for you. And if you've been in the gym and taught a specific way of doing something that hurts you, I want you to find the best way for you to do it. Hello and welcome to season two of Unlock Potential. I'm Brian Delaney. Our focus this season is fitness. I'll be joined by Dr. Corey Duvall, who's going to guide us through his protocol for getting into your best shape so we can live our best lives and serve others well. Hello and welcome to Unlock Potential. This is episode four. I'm Brian Delaney. Today I'm joined by my co-host, my coach uh, and instructor, Corey Duvall. In the last episode, we went over the pyramid of fitness, the different dimensions, as well as the characteristics of each kind of movement there. We're gonna be doing a lot of live demonstration in this episode to actually show you what we talked about in the last one. So if you're listening to us on an audio platform, we're so glad you're here, listen all the way through, and then join us on the video platform so you can see the subtle cues, the different physical movements that will help you to maximize the value you get out of every workout starting now. All right, hey again, Corey. Brian, good to see you, bud. Good to see you as well. Um, yeah, I wanted to start off this by demonstrating to them what we just spoke about. We took an episode and broke it down, uh, but some people learn by listening, other people learn by doing, and I hope I can learn by doing both. And so um, I know we would start today the same way we start uh, every session in here, but why don't you walk the people through how we start our uh, sessions and, and why we do that, and then we'll get right into the demonstration. Awesome. In episode two, we went into and learned what's called the limber test. And what the limber test does is that gives us a lot of signals from our body so that we understand the feelings and sensations from the body. We get to align those with our different emotions. We get to align those with where our brain is mentally. And then we bring all of those things together and that gives us a symptom. And that symptom guides us towards a particular style of exercise. So when people come in, they start with a handful of the limber tests, they get a symptom, and then we select our next exercise. So what we're gonna do with you today is do a mock-up of that. We'll have you doing some of the limber tests, expressing how you feel, and then going through a couple of different exercises to show the difference between stamina and strength. Awesome. And then in the later episodes, We'll go more into flexibility work and how that works. Okay, awesome, awesome, very good. So uh, let's walk people through the limber test once again in case they, they it's been a little bit since they watched episode two. For sure. So, yeah. so we always start with our feet together, standing upright. We reach our hands up overhead. In level one of the test, we go down, we try to touch our knees and come back up. 
Excellent. And if that feels steady, we go down, try to touch the toes and we come back up. And if that's accomplished, we go down to level three. We try to get our palms on the ground and we come back up. And the final level, if we can, we go down and try to get our elbows to the ground and then we come back up. And whichever level felt like our limit for the day, we just repeat a handful of those five to 10 times to get a good amount of signal up to our mind. So why don't you go ahead and repeat five of those? Okay, I'll do it. And so what this does is this really pushes all the edges of his range of motion. It gets a lot of signals from all of his muscles. Yeah, beautiful. Good. Now, as you're going through that, what was the main thing that you were feeling through those tests? I just felt, you know, kind of tired and sluggish. Tired and sluggish. Yeah. So what that's going to direct us to is stamina work. Okay. So we're going to take on the bike here for the first piece of stamina. So go ahead and hop on the bike. The bike is pretty steady. You can adjust the height of the seats. You can adjust the handlebars up, down, back and forth. You want to find just a comfortable position to go ahead and pedal that bike. Okay. We've got the damper set pretty high here. That means the resistance is pretty high. We're going to do a few minutes here of stamina work on the bike. Our head and eye posture for stamina work, we want to have it up with our eyes beyond the horizon. The intensity of the movement is quick and easy. So I want you to focus on feeling like you're moving quick. And when that starts to get a little uncomfortable, when we start to lose the ease of that, I want you to reduce that resistance. And that way we keep up that quick cadence, but we keep it feeling easy. And if you yep. get to the point where you want to increase the resistance or decrease the resistance further, that's fine. So how do we know what quick is? Quick is a feeling. Yep. And sometimes we'll have a set pace for how many times your legs turn over and other exercises, but generally it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm moving quick and that's what we're working on. Okay. Now remember, in stamina work, we want to trust our ability to arrive. So the numbers are not the goal here, other than just time. We want to feel within and at the edge of our comfort zone. Now, as the body moves, our muscles need to lengthen and they need to shorten. Yeah. They need to slide past other muscles and they need to slide past nerves and blood vessels and other connective tissues. When they do that easily and fluidly, we have a complete range of motion. It's full like we were born with. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So it starts to get a little uncomfortable. Yep. You just reduce that in order to make it a little easier. And so when our muscles are lengthening, shortening, and sliding easily, we have a full and complete range of motion. Okay. And when we start to push the upper limits of our ability, we start to lose energy within the muscle and it doesn't lengthen quite as well. 
Okay. It doesn't shorten quite as well, and that will start to create tension in the body. In stamina work, we want to resist that tension. So we want to keep the energy within our muscles, and we want to keep our fluids moving. When we lack effort towards who our body could be physically, we start to get sticky in between those surfaces. So our muscles, our ligaments, our tendons, our nerves, our blood vessels start to stick together and we chronically get a little stiff. And that also keeps the messages from being sent exactly. properly, right? Exactly. Sticky tight tissues don't send good signals. Tired tissues don't send good signals. And so we're looking to find that middle ground above not being active and not pushing your upper limits. That's the comfort zone as we move forward there. Good. And so we're reaching the end of the prescribed time limit there for our stamina work. So we'll go ahead and let you slow down just a little bit. Beautiful. Stamina work, steady. Yep. You could have kept that pace up for a good long while. For a long time. Yeah. Yep. yep. Not losing my breath. Yeah. You know, get it, but allowing myself to get, get in the exercise and find my comfort zone in the exercise. Exactly. Rather than uh, limiting myself before or as a result of what I see on the display screen. That's a beautiful way of putting yeah. it. Yep. Why don't we hop on off there? So we've done our first section of stamina work as it was prescribed. Yep. And as we bring ourselves off of that, we're gonna go back into the limber test. Yeah. You were feeling a little sluggish, a little tired, and so we got some energy moving through the body. You may still feel a little sluggish or tired, yep. or you may be a little more perked up. So we're gonna do those limber tests, see how you're feeling. All right. Feet together, you're gonna reach those arms up overhead, and just right into that top level for you for today. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, a good handful of those there. Good. Yeah. Do you feel any shifts from what we had before that? Power plant's going. Yeah. It's, it's starting. Yeah, Energy's feel, cranking up. Oh yeah, it's really cranking up at this point. Awesome. You feel like you're ready to push some limits? Uh, yeah, definitely. Can The energy's there. I'm warmed up. Things are Good. ready to go. Good. Yeah. So we're going to take on the bike again, Okay. but instead of stamina work, we're going to take on some strength work. Okay. And so I'm going to help set this monitor because we're going to do a progressive set of intervals. Okay. Now it's important when we take on strength work to push our limits. Yep. And in order to push our limits, we got to know where they are mm -hmm. so we can maximize that force against the limit. Okay. And so you're going to know that you're going for 30 seconds on your interval. And you know that you're going to do three of those sets. Okay. And so your goal is to have a progressive increase in how far you go okay. in each of those 30 seconds. Okay. And then you're going to feel fully restored between each of those. Okay. So go for 30 seconds knowing that you could go farther in mm -hmm. the next set. And then we'll hop off, we'll fully restore, we'll take on that second set when you feel most ready. Okay, all right, sounds good. 
And so this will count down for you. It'll keep tracking your distance on this first set. Yeah, very good. Go ahead and hop off there. Yep. So that was your first set. Yeah. We put forth an effort that we know we can exceed later. Yep. Power under control. Exactly. Yep. And so we want to rest from that. We want to restore your body to make sure you're ready for that second set. Yeah. We're not going to have a time cap on that. Okay. We're going to let you do what is necessary to feel like you've returned your body to the state that you're ready to push again. Okay. Generally, just some easy movements. And in later episodes, we can talk about more ways to restore that. But generally, walking or gentle movements will help get the blood moving, get the acid out of the system, and be ready for that next set. Yeah. One thing that I found that's really easy to do is stop moving in between uh, stamina intervals uh -huh. and just sit. Uh -huh. And therefore, I don't really rest because the part of my body that I'm looking to get recovered, uh -huh. which mostly my lungs and my legs, right? Uh -huh. It's not moving. Uh -huh. It doesn't have the opportunity. So be giving myself permission to just get off the bike, uh -huh. to move my body. And if you're feeling some sort of way, right? Uh -huh. Move your body that way. Yeah. Trust that because yes. there's some reason that your body is sending you that signal. Exactly. And all we got to do is pick it up. Because exactly. it's already given to us, right? Yep. It's not something we have to earn. We already got it, uh -huh. you know? And so sometimes you'll feel like, oh man, the re best recovery I can do is just here. Or maybe it's a, it's there and just going up and allowing it yourself to express your diaphragm. And I know you have a lot more on this that's prescribed, but just don't resist those signals because otherwise you're going to resist the recovery that you'll need to have for your next set. Exactly. Yeah. Move awesome. playfully, unmeasured, and then when you have returned yourself to that state that you're ready to push again, that's when we take on the next set. Okay. Oftentimes, repeating a limber test or, or a few to kind of check in, what are the signals of the body? Yeah. And then the mindset that you can be focused for that next one. Yeah. We're not teaching cartwheels yet, though? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Well, I, sorry. I just Couple episodes away. I, you should have seen the look in his eyes just a moment ago when I, when I mentioned <laughs> cartwheels. That's top secret. Uh, Stay active method stuff, you know? So, so. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do the limber test to yeah. see where I am. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Feel ready to push? Yeah, feel good, feel ready to push. Awesome. So we've got that second set. We know how far you went on the first set. Okay. And we're gonna set the goal to go farther than that, but still a little restrained, so you go farther on the third. Okay. All right, sounds good.
Yeah, very good. So we've got a little calculation on there. It shows you where you're going to finish. You knew you were ahead of pace yep. and you held that pretty steady the whole time. Yep. That was beautiful. So in stamina work, your head was up, your eyes were beyond the horizon. You felt within and at the edge of the comfort zone. Yep. Now you're starting to feel a little resistance. Now you're having to put forth just a little bit more effort. Yep. Your eyes are going down to keep an eye on your pacing. Your head is going down just a little bit to kind of drive a little more effort through those pedals. Yep, totally natural. And that short, intense work is what gives us improvements in our strength. Yeah, it's a, like speed work. When you're running, the reason you do that is to teach your physiology how to go fast. Exactly. That's why hill running is great for strength, terrible for speed. Uh-huh. Except if you do downhill running, uh -huh. which happens to be really good for speed, because it just sets that pattern inside of your physiology of exactly. going fast. Yep. And so if you wanna get the granny gear and you go uphill, uh -huh. if you wanna get top gear and go downhill, it's the same thing here. Yep. It's like teaching your body to do those different things. And then we'll talk about approaching volume in different ways uh -huh. so that we don't have one groove path toward volume, which is more weight. Uh -huh. We have uh, plenty of paths to yep. get there. Exactly. which include you lifting more weight, but maybe not, not that one set on that one bar. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. The other thing that you had mentioned to me in this past week is I was doing my stamina work and in between, it's doing one of those. Uh -huh. And you just pointed over toward me, right? Did your universal chin up, yeah. uh, which is, Half of an insult in Italy, I think, but but, <laughs> so, uh, but you said, yeah, get your chin up. And I said, even in the rest, I have to have my chin up even in the rest. Uh -huh. And for me, that was a different dimension uh, to this. Explain your thought with that, where it's in the work and the rest, yeah. head and eye posture. Yep. So stamina work is minimal mental and emotional strain. Okay. And strain is a temporary resistance to release later. Okay. And so in our stamina work, we're gonna keep the head up with the eyes beyond the horizon. And if we go too intensely, there's still gonna be a downward draw on what your body is trying to do. So you can temporarily keep your head and eyes up and still put in a lot of effort. Yeah. But if you exit that movement and automatically let it drop back down, that's a signal that you went too hard in the work itself. Yeah. Or it's a signal that you just went to the edge and you need to recover while still right at the edge. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good awareness piece because what we can make the focus, and I can mess anything up, but it's like, I, especially when I'm new to it, I can make the focus, the head and the eye posture and imitate, uh, imitate a stamina type workout. But as soon as I stop that, my core and everything collapses in exactly. because I was only imitating. Rather, if instead of imitating, I was able to back off the intensity of that work, all of a sudden I find my head naturally, core stabilizes, head goes up, rather than core, uh, core folding in on itself, head goes down. Exactly. Right, and so it's, a, it's an awareness that allows you to know, okay, where's my head supposed to be? If it's supposed to be there, let, let's get my ego out of the way, uh -huh. let's get my preconceived notions or my judgment on the situation out of the way. Let me lower it because this, is, uh, this isn't uh, short burst work. 
this is lifelong work. Exactly. Right. That, and this is, this one workout is just part of me building that whole foundation that we've been talking about. That's right. Yep. So that stamina work, your rest in between it, keep the head up. This is our strength work. This is time where we get to drive. Yep. It's going to be your third set. Yep. Your second one was more uncomfortable. This third one, you're going to be pushing those outer yeah. limits. Because it's the end, it's going to be the most uncomfortable. Yep. You know, um, yeah. You, you want me to do the a limber test? Yeah, okay. go in and just make sure you're feeling recovered, restored, and ready to go. Feeling good? Feeling good. Yeah. Here we go, Brian. Third set on the bike here. All right. Now I've set myself up. Now I got to go. Beautiful job. All right, I'm gonna walk this one off while you tell yeah, me. Yeah, you walk that off. <laughs> <laughs> so the comfort zone, inner circle of our ability, the most ease, the quickest to restore ourselves. When we spend time within the comfort zone, the comfort zone grows. When we spend time outside the comfort zone, the comfort zone shrinks. So powerful. I feel uh, mind shrinking right now. Yeah. <laughs> comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, spend time in that effort. And that's physiologically perfectly normal. Yep. yep. We have the ability to go beyond it. Yep. And there are times where we need to. And it's dangerous and it's damaging, but at the same time, very useful. Yep. And so the comfort zone shrinks in order to make sure we don't spend too much time out at those damaging edges. Yep. And so when we spend time within it, it starts to grow. When we feel good and ready to push, we push back out, the comfort zone shrinks again. Um, can you, while I'm breathing too heavy and I don't want to sound weird in the <laughs> mic, uh, uh -huh. can you explain the limber test as a really good objective measure of recovery. Yeah. So as you're going through the limber test, we talked early, is that there's lengthening and shortening of the muscles, sliding of the muscles beside each other, yep. as well as sliding of the nerves and blood vessels. And when we push the outer limits of our ability, we start to reduce the energy that's within the musculature and so it doesn't lengthen and shorten quite as easily. Mm -hmm. When it doesn't lengthen and shorten quite as easily, our joints can alter just a little bit. Yeah. We can get sticky areas that get exposed and we don't move as fluidly. Yeah. And so that limber test helps you get all of those signals. Because yeah. if you're just sitting on the bike and not getting into that limber test, you might not feel those edges. 
That's right. And when I feel like I'm recovered, especially the basis for that recovery in the past has been primarily breath or feeling like, okay, it's time. It's been two minutes. Yeah. I, I you know, in strength workout, I've like, okay, I worked out my, that exercise, that rep, that set in the side of that rep range. Uh -huh. It took me about 50, 50 seconds. Yep. Right. So all I should need for recovery is 2X that, right? And we're given all these mathematical equations and formulas that have a lot to do without here, right? Which is a good awareness to have approximately, but only to inform the signals, the messages from the signals we're getting in here. And that's what doing that looks like. And if you do that enough, what's gonna happen is for me, Corey's caught me a couple of times cause I had chalk on my hands or I was real sweaty where it was only handprints on the ground. He said, all right, you touch your elbows into me. I was like, yeah, I touched my elbows for sure. Uh -huh. And he was like, not according to the evidence. Yep. And so it's, uh, <laughs> to me, that's really powerful to have that objective measure inside rather than external exactly. primarily. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful, beautiful point there. Yeah. So uh, why don't we go through a few more Lembert tests yeah. and we'll see how we feel and we'll transition to some barbell work. Okay. Though the people who are listening may already know how I feel because they hear me breathing. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. And why 5-5 as a minimum? 5 because we're getting repetition. We're trying to clear up that signal from the noise. We're trying to get a lot of feedback. And I just say five as a minimum because that's enough repetitions to start to get the uh, awareness through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the last push, especially feeling a little bit foggy. Yeah. Feeling like if I were to just go and try to do that again, uh -huh. it would be, I wouldn't be giving a full effort. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that exercise justice. Yeah. You know, something's better than nothing or we can adjust, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. so you're feeling like we're done with this exercise. You're feeling a little tired from that strength yep. output. Yep. So we're gonna go on to some stamina work. Okay. We'll do that with some barbell. Okay. And then we'll transition after that. All right, sounds good. Hey everybody, Brian Delaney here. I hope you've been enjoying our second season of Unlock Potential as Corey and I break open some great fitness advice as well as just other life advice that we know is gonna help you and add a ton of value. If you're just a casual listener, soak up the content we're bringing you. It's exceptionally valuable content at no cost to you. But if you're like me and you're like, I want the next levels, I want more information, I want more in depth, I want the extra content, come join us as one of our Patreon subscribers. Support the channel, get to the next level and unlock your potential. While I'm getting this set up, can you talk about, can you talk about how at times, I know for me it has, but ego lifting can interrupt your process of actual fitness and actually building, building muscle because I just did one of the hardest things for me to do in a gym, which is take weight off the bar uh -huh. in order to have lighter weight on the bar. Talk about a little bit about where that comes from and how to, what a better, more cohesive perspective is on that. Got it. Yeah. So when we're gonna take on stamina work, 
We got to be within and at the edge of the comfort zone. Okay. And we're going to be adding more and more repetitions as opposed to heavier and heavier weight. Okay. <clears throat> so the base of that pyramid will start to broaden. And we then are allowed to go a little heavier because there's some ideal number of reps to help support the strength that we have. Okay. And so when we select our stamina work, there's a specific amount mm -hmm. you're going to put in your work. And based on the amount that you get, we will either go a longer duration or a heavier weight for it. And again, we just repeat that over and over because our body is made to have peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. And our stamina work is looking to smooth those peaks and valleys over the long run, make us steadier and more stable. Yeah. Something that really is helpful for me is to know is to know my past when i came in here the things that i thought that i thought were completely true and i was sold out to mm -hmm. it, i thought i was having a balance issue when i was lifting very heavy weight a lot of times but it was a strength issue mm -hmm. it was when i put lower weight on there i was able to balance better mm -hmm. when i put lower weight on there i was able to balance better and what I mean is in full range of motion. Yep. Because if I put heavier weight on there, uh -huh. I would have been able to balance uh, better uh -huh. in a shorter, much more constricted range of motion. Got it. And that would have felt better. Uh -huh. So I was like, well, you know, my whole thought process was, well, why doesn't he just give me heavier weight? My balance is going to be better. Uh -huh. When it was really, I needed to get acclimated because we don't get to choose the weight when it happens outside of the gym. Yeah. We don't get to choose that. And if you have ba bad balance, that has consequences. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. And here the consequences are like they're performative or they're like you, they're contained uh -huh. a little bit here. And so I think it's really important to know that if you're saying to yourself that I, I can do heavier weight, but with limited range of motion and a less of a need for balance, that what that probably means is give yourself some grace, create some space for some lighter weight and some balance work. Yeah, exactly. Right. Some of that stamina work that does require balance because I found my balance and my foot. Uh, my feet muscles and everything are just in a completely different place than they were. And it's really hard for me to get out of position now Yeah. when it comes to that. Because even if I'm out of position, my core strength helps me to hop to another foot, which you may or may not see here, yeah. um, and, but still remain, just still plant and get back upright. Awesome. Right, to go yeah. from unbalanced to back in. Yeah. So when we do stamina work with a barbell, typically we do it as best we can with just one leg at a time. We also do dumbbell work, just one arm at a time. When we're doing strength work, we're looking to maximize power output. But a way to help us constrain to that comfort zone is to reduce to just one-sided activity for our stamina work. So what I'm going to have you do right now is a one-leg barbell ground to shoulder. Mm -hmm. So while standing on one leg, you can either have the one foot on top of the other wrapped around behind or free as a counterbalance. You're gonna do repetitions from the ground up to the shoulder, control it lightly back to the ground, and just repeat on one side, switching as it feels most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. All right, very good.
got me on that one. <laughs> Good. Pause at the bottom down there. I want to point out for everybody <clears throat> that Brian is trying to keep his head up eyes beyond the horizon as best he can for this work. That's very well done. Good for the demo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll cover that. Awesome. <clears throat> so typically, for stamina work, we'll have a block of time. Yep. You'll do some work. You'll do a little restoration, just back and forth, keeping it within and at the edges of your comfort zone. Yep. Just looking to move the body in that particular range of motion. Yep. Now, it can be, it's really about repetitions. So the first time I saw the work, and we'll talk more about this, all of this is built into our, into your programming, as well as the app that's being released, all of that. But I saw on there like 65 pounds, as many times as you can within your comfort zone for eight minutes. Uh -huh. And so I was sitting there like, I can't do that work for eight minutes. But when you explained to me, it's repetitions, you've got to be able to keep your head up, keep breathing through the whole thing. So when I start in my stamina work to breathe and then brace, that's where I know it's time to chill out a little bit, let my comfort zone expand, get that back, push out some of that external <clears throat> discomfort and yep. move forward. Exactly. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point there. Minimal emotional strain mm -hmm. is about keeping an open airway. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can close our airway off in order to create a more rigid structure. Yep. And we start to constrain our feeling in order to hold everything together which is very powerful and it's called the Valsalva maneuver mm -hmm. and it's good for very short periods of time. Yep. But that reduces blood flow and air flow through the torso mm -hmm. in a way that will limit you long-term. Yep. And so while you're going through this, we wanna allow a little bit more of that breathing mm -hmm. because what that offers is resilience to all the small muscles around the torso that gives your spine all of those opportunities to move. And really learning how to, while keeping an open airway, learning how to have a firm core. Exactly. Because when my core is out of shape, I've got to hold my breath in order to uh -huh. tighten my core. But and when you've been able to keep your core in shape, now that core stability all the way around is helping to keep that spine from, uh, sheer, uh, from sheer forces, from bending in ways that it ought not to. Exactly. So the soft muscles keep the keep the hard muscles still, the hard muscles keep the soft muscles. Uh, it, it gives them a little bit of flexibility, right? So yeah. um, being, able to, being able to do that work. So one of the things about uh, stamina for me is if I have the energy, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating because I'll be all the way through it and I'll, I'll get on the other end of it. It's like, I'm tired of picking up little weight. I'm ready to just, I'm ready to push. And because stamina work gets my power plant running, even though I'm out of breath momentarily, 
that starts to stabilize and maintain and I still have that energy. Uh -huh. And if I still have left time left in the gym, then I do my limber test again. Yep. And based on the, based on what my body's saying, the signals from that, we're going to make a judgment about what to do next. Exactly. Yeah. So we finished that piece. We've done some stamina. We've done some strength. We'll check back in and see how you're feeling now. Yeah. Sounds good. Feet together, arms up overhead. Yep. Go ahead, down elbows to the ground and back up. Good. Uh-huh. Good. Elbows to the ground and back up. Yeah. Yeah. How you feeling now? Uh, feel, uh, feel like I'm ready to put some weight on and push. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So we always want to save our strength until we're ready for that push. Yeah. That allows us to have enough intensity to really push through it. Yeah. If we're feeling tired or restrained in any way. Yeah. Then we're not going to have the intensity necessary to make progress in our strength work. And, and this was a great, uh, this was a great response the other day. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not feeling my left side uh -huh. fire uh -huh. in the same, my right side or that shoulder or that hip or that glute or that, that, that thing. And when I said that to you, I was looking for, you know, what do I need to do? Do I need to go PT? What other options outside the gym do I need to do? Because I went from being uh, careful, meaning full of care to being paranoid about injury. Uh -huh. And I think your response to that was really helpful yep. as it pertains to strength exercise. Yeah, I'll explain that while yeah. you're putting these weights That's on. Awesome. Sounds We're great. We're gonna make this a little heavier. Yeah. So the first priority when people are moving in a way that we work to balance performance and safety is that we control the weight down and we explosively move upward. And so when we have muscles that aren't firing as much and we've set our goal to move as quickly as we can against gravity, the brain feels the difference between our intent to move faster and our muscles limitation in that. And it sends a rapid signal out to all of the muscles. It's like a help us call, an SOS, and it fires as many muscles as you have. Yeah. I intend to move this fast. I'm not quite... Here we go. Yeah. So muscle activation is not about feeling a muscle that's not firing and then doing some other activity, asking it to fire. Yep. It's about setting your intent against the bar to move as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Now that's a shotgun approach. Boom, everything's gonna fire. Yeah. But we could be uncoordinated in when it actually fires. Yeah. And so what we then do is we touch softly with gravity. We control the weight back down and as we control the weight back down, our body learns when to fire each muscle. So rep after rep, we're asking the body to fire more. And then on the way down, we're learning the best coordination pattern. Yep. And that way we balance safety with the control and performance with the firing. That's great. That's great. So now because we want to push the effort a little bit more, we went heavier here yep. and we're going to use both arms and both legs, but we're going to do the same range of motion. Okay. We're going to take this off the ground and bring it up to your shoulders while you're standing, yep. control it back down to the ground. We'll do a 30 second burst, full restoration, okay. and three of those, just like we did on the bike. Okay. So progressively more repetitions over each set. Okay. 
whenever you feel ready. Good, and that's our 30 seconds right there. Yeah, well done. So we got three on the first one. Yep. We're gonna give ourselves a full restoration, move around as you need to. And do you feel like as you went through that, you were restraining yourself enough that you can do more on the next set? Yeah, that was definitely, a, that's a, definitely a big focus when it comes to this for me, is restraining myself, um, not with how many I do, but with the speed at which I do them, which from questions I've asked you and what I've learned from you, uh -huh. the speed at which I do it, it has to do with me moving, continuing to move swiftly against gravity, Yep. but moving a bit more deliberately, steadily and slowly on when I'm putting it back down to the ground. Exactly. When I'm working with gravity. The other thing is learning to create pauses in that workout so that, because if I'm working as hard as I can to get the three and 30, I don't got four and 30. Exactly. So if I don't build in pauses or that extra time to bring me back down, then I won't be able to have the time to increase my rep range. Exactly. And so, but before when I first started this, I'd have 30 seconds, I'd bang out the three and then put the bar down and then have another 20 seconds to chill, uh -huh. right? Which was doing something for me, it's always better. Something is always better than nothing as long as you aren't doing something stupid, right? So, uh -huh. um, but this I found has added a completely new dimension to overall density and ability to control things on the way down rather than being yeah. like, and just letting it fall down exactly. or limiting my range of motion. So exactly. yeah, I did notice that big time. Good. Yeah. I can hold that. Okay. So we're gonna do your second set. We've got 30 seconds. We want to do more than three. Okay. Now, this is the part. Uh, this is a part where we can start getting in our own head, right? I can start saying, well, you know, I'm supposed to get to 10 in 30 seconds. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. And what we do is we create a small future. What do you recommend people do in order to set themselves up for success, release judgment, expectation from the future? Yeah. We assign this as increasing repetitions over the sets. And so you know you did three, and so your simple goal is more than three. Because if you set it and don't achieve it, you would feel disappointed at four if you set it for five. And that disappointment is incorrect because you hit the goal of more than three. And if you set it for five, and you stop, but you could have gotten seven, you limit the intensity you could have done. And so all you do is say, I'm gonna do more than three, and then whatever happens, happens. So good. Uh, limber test. Limber test, make sure you're ready to push. All right. Yeah, brother. More than three.
Good, and that's our time. Well done. How many on that one? Six. Six on that one, that was good. Now, as you went through that, you got your more than three. Do you still feel like you can do more than six on your last set? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I definitely feel, again, big push forward, goal being over three, uh -huh. releasing myself from the expectation of five, six, seven. I was able to go as hard and then ask myself that question. Am I leaving something in the tank for the next time or am I going on my second time, like I need to be going on my third time. Exactly. And just creating that awareness. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah uh, when it comes to, when it comes to these exercises, something <laughs> I'm hearing you talk about, you didn't talk about deadlift. You didn't talk about clean, I'm not talking about clean and jerk. You're not talking about bent over rows. And that, I was like, first time I saw it, it was ground to hip, ground to shoulder, ground to overhead. I'm like, so you mean, what you mean, instead of ground to hip, you mean a deadlift. And you said, no, I mean, move the bar from the ground to your hip in the quickest and easiest way possible. Uh -huh. I was like, well, that's a deadlift, isn't it? Ground to hip, quickest and easiest, whatever that means, uh -huh. right? And so I think a lot of us have these preconceived notions, especially after w looking in the fitness industry, we have these definitions. And sometimes those definitions don't serve us and we need a broader, more inclusive definition of that movement so that we can find new opportunities for ways to do it and get out of, get out of this rut where it's like, oh, my deadlift, because your deadlift may only be 250, 300, four, whatever your top end is. But how much is your ground to hip in the quickest and easiest way to do it? Uh-huh. And so so we don't have I feel like your your language releases a lot of those judgments. But if you would talk a little bit about your ideas around that, what you were trying to avoid, what you were trying to promote. Yeah. So I wanted it to be approachable and simple if nobody had ever been in the gym before. And when I was saying do a clean or do a high hang squat snatch, or do a power clean, they had a clue what I was saying. But if I said, take this bar off the ground and bring it up to your shoulder, everybody knew what to do. And so outside the gym, if they were gonna pick up a bag of dog food, they would just bend over, they'd grab the bag of dog food, and they'd pick it up to their shoulder and off they would go. And I started to notice that somebody who had back pain and fear and anxiety around deadlifts could do picking up a bag of dog food without any issue whatsoever. And I was like, oh, they've attached this fear of injury to this exercise because they were taught to do it in a way that hurt them instead of checking in with themselves and doing it in a way that felt good. And so they learned how to pick up that bag of dog food in a way that felt good, but they learned the deadlift in a way that it hurt them. So I wanted to say, hey, if you've never been in a gym before, let's just make it simple for you. And if you've been in the gym and taught a specific way of doing something that hurts you, I want you to find the best way for you to do it. And you'd be amazed at how many different varieties I saw 
for something like a ground to hip. I saw people bend over, grab the weight, put it in their waist and stand up with it. And they felt perfectly comfortable there. And over time, their body learned efficiency to do it differently. And they looked more like a deadlift. And I just let that progress because they were just focused on what felt good for them. And they felt encouraged to continue pushing their limits that way. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. More than six. More than six. Okay. When you're ready for that, we go. That's our time. Well, as you take a catch a second and catch your breath, that's where that more than six plays such a big role. Yeah. Because if you had set your goal for seven, yeah. you'd have limited yourself by three reps of intensity because you'd have gotten to seven and said that was my goal. Yeah. And if prior to that set, if you had said oh, I got to get 11, and you ended up falling short at 10, you'd have beat your goal by four reps, but you'd have felt bad because you had not hit 11. And we just got to step up to that edge and say, hey, more than this, that's what counts. Yep. And sometimes we learn that we are right at that edge, and sometimes we learn, oh, I can go actually a little farther than I thought. Talk about the power of receiving that feedback without needing to over-respond to that. Because for me, uh, when I get seven, I may feel a certain way about it, uh -huh. right? And like, oh, well, those were, uh, those were easy and I feel good. Might hyper-respond to that, not do the limber test head straight into another strength exercise. Uh -huh. Or if I do, if I set my goal at 11 and I hit 10, I can feel really down on myself in the moment because I know I should be able to do it. Uh -huh. Corey, I should be able to do it. And all I'm doing is externalizing that internal voice of like, no, I know I got this before. It was four years ago or uh -huh. it was when things were different. Yeah. I'm allowing a lot of adjustment outside, but not inside. Uh -huh. So if you can talk about trying to keep that framework, that mindset, no matter what the result is or yeah. in maybe in harmony with the result. Yeah. We are all pushing ourselves towards our genetic potential because when we get to our potential, we are most helpful to all those around us. And as we journey towards that potential, we are going to have highs and lows. And if we approach that edge and we have a preconceived notion of where it should be, we're gonna feel down on ourselves. Yeah. If we 
restrain ourselves from that edge because of that preconceived notion, we don't work towards it. We don't get any closer to it. And so we don't know our entire history and where our edges are. So every day we just step up to that bar and we say, I have three sets of this. I know I need to do more each set. And so I carry the awareness of all three sets into that first one, whatever it is, it is. I carry my awareness into the second one that I gotta do more than that one and leave some in the tank. And I meet that edge. The last one, I know that I need to do more and I push to that edge. When the time runs out, the time runs out. Now, I have to respond to how I'm feeling after that in a way that's supportive to continue that journey. Yeah, and inside of the stamina work and the strength work, there have been times where I've resisted doing the next set even though I was ready because I was afraid that if I do it too quickly, again, I'm not going with the signals inside, I'm going with the clock outside. I'm afraid if I do it too quickly, then my third set would be diminished. Uh -huh. And so now my, the speed at which my second set is jumped into maybe is delayed in this circumstance because if I do this, I can knock this set out right now. I can do more than three right now. I know I could. I may not be able to do 10, but I know I can do more than three. But I know on the next one right after that, I'm going to have to do more. Uh -huh. And so I delay my second set and then, and then it takes me longer to get to that third set. Um, talk about your mindset behind that recovery piece and when you should approach sets as a result of that. Yeah, that's really good. So we want to delay as little as possible. We got some bird friends here. We want to delay as little as possible because that just cuts off our access to time later on. Yep. So when that signal for you is clear that you can do more than the last set, you take it on. Yeah. And if you take it on a little quicker, yeah, you might have a little extra rest later, you might not. But we don't wanna deal with that future. We wanna deal with how we're feeling right now. I'm ready to do more than the last set, I take it on. Yep. And the closer to the edge you get, the longer it takes for that signal to get clear, the more rest you have. But doing it quicker early on gives you potential at the end, and that's what we wanna to work towards. Yeah, and that, that for me was really, really helpful and insightful because I found that a lot of my energy was kind of resisting the signals that I had in order to anticipate fatigue down the road or weakness down the road or those things. And I found that that translates in the gym, but also into my real life. It's like, yeah, I, sure, I can do this next thing, but what about the thing after that and the thing after that and the thing after that? And what I found that most successful people do, whether it's in the gym, in their business, in their relationships, they make the future real short. Uh -huh. And that's what you're telling us to do. Make yep. the future short. Yep. Can you get more than three? Can you get more than six on that next set? Whatever your previous best was, can you do that while still following some of these awarenesses and guidelines that are gonna help keep you safe and grow, uh, grow the kind of physique and the fitness you're trying to grow? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's really powerful. The other, uh, the other piece that I found in uh, inside of this work, especially when it comes to strength, is where as I put all, all value weight over range of motion, um, and you and I had just discussed this, and it's not like, oh, I learned this so many years ago. This, we were discussing this, I believe it was a full week ago, right? Yeah. So, uh -huh. uh, so you, you have taught me how to keep the future short. We're just getting to that next set. We're doing what we can there. We have our target. 
of time plus our previous best inside of this. Um, we, we're understanding that sometimes when you go over to the rack, picking up 50 pounds feels like 25 pounds. Sometimes it feels like 100 pounds. We know the variability within the day and we work within all that variability. Talk to me a little bit about uh, range of motion and how that should be, be prioritized over more weight. Got it. Yep. So we are born with our maximal range of motion possible as infants. And we start to develop strength and stamina on top of that range of motion. Mm -hmm. And there's two ways that that develops. We can do that while maintaining our range of motion, or we can do it at the expense of our range of motion. And if we do it at the expense of our range of motion, we get stronger and we get more stamina. However, we lose flexibility. And so when we do that over time, we get stiffer, we get less nimble, we get less free to move our bodies. And that ends up being a tall, broad pyramid on one side, very narrow on the other. And that's where injury, illness, and burnout occur. Mm -hmm. And so we always want to maximize our range of motion through the given exercise. Mm -hmm. So at the lightest weight possible, what is our range of motion? And then let's hit that every single time when we're working on more repetitions, more weight, and more speed. Yeah. And not trying to work into new ranges of motion while we have weight on. Correct. Is the other thing. It's, you know, for me, a lot of times because, you know, I've got my son and all that stuff. And from the time he was a baby, a lot of my time was spent down in a squat. Uh -huh. And sure, I could have sat, but I also understood that that squat was going to be healthier for me. And I have, I have short hamstrings, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's harder for me to bend in certain ways, but isn't it amazing how the body adapts and finds other ways to get down there while still supporting growth and further range of motions in other parts. Yeah. And I think that's, it, it, when, when we're talking about fitness here, when we're talking about the body, what we're talking about is you. And we're talking about us. And we're talking about us as people allowing ourselves to push the limits while creating grace and space for imperfections to exist. Because the only problem with perfection is that it, it makes progress not as important, while progress is really the bullseye of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it's progress over time, and it's progress in a way where we're doing one thing that makes everything else better, rather than doing one thing that depreciates and takes away from everything else that we do. And that was when I, the di biggest difference that I can say today with this protocol and being able to listen to the signals, having those signals move faster, uh, not being as focused on the specific weight I have on the bar on any given day, but be being focused more on the dimensions, the characteristics of the different movements, of the, uh, of the different uh, kinds of exercise. What I've noticed is soreness, has really gone down dramatically. And when it doesn't, it's because I'm not salting my water or drinking enough water. I'm not getting the rest that I need to. Uh, I'm not doing those recovery protocols properly. And I'm super fired up for you to roll out recovery protocols because you and I were talking about this in our business meeting in the infrared sauna the other day, <laughs> which is the only place business meetings ought to be done. Um, but you and I were talking about this and I just think there's a lot to give in that as well as the flexibility work um, there's just, there's so much room and opportunity, but a, a true test of how great a principle is, is how widely and broadly it can be applied 
And I, I believe that whether these principles are applied to somebody's personal life, their professional life, their relationships, their relationship with themselves, their fitness, that they'll find that these principles not only work, but they will help them excel, be present, and, and feel great, feel great and get great results in and out of the gym. And I, I, I just think that's what we're preparing people for is this thing yeah. of not doing workouts like I used to where I was immobile after, uh -huh. right? But doing the type of workouts that are gonna create ultimate usefulness. Yeah. We did a good job dosing some stamina and strength work today. We'll get into some recovery in the next episode and then we'll eventually tie in all of the symptoms that guide us and we'll add some flexibility and work out of the day in there. I'm fired up for it. Yeah, brother. Thank you. See you soon. Yep. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Unlock Potential. For exclusive content, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Follow us across all socials at The Brian Delaney and visit our website at thebriandelaney.com to shop our gear and see what's coming up next.